The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where I will share some news stories with you and news studies and uh, whatever else comes up. Uh, Coming up, I want to talk about cannabis users, a new study that showed uh, a link between cannabis use and erectile dysfunction. We'll also talk about whether it's realistic to expect people not to hook up during the pandemic. And also, Quebec is abolishing time limits on sexual assault lawsuits. And what will that mean? But first... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. You can also email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. So if you want to, you know, talk, if you want to text in how you're feeling, like I want to keep this open to whatever you want to talk about. And I know we've been talking a lot about... The difficulties we've all been experiencing and the frustrations and everything else. And I don't know if anybody else is having allergy reactions right now, but it makes, it puts me in a panic every time my nose gets stuffed up. (laughs) So every time my throat tickles, my nose gets stuffed up, I'm like, oh no, oh no, is this it? I don't know if anybody else is going through that, but I am. So forgive me if I, I may sound a little nasally tonight. Um, 514-800 to text in. So somebody had texted in yesterday and I said I would look into it a little uh, further. If you have two 14-year-olds that have sex with each other voluntarily, is that considered illegal? So the age of, uh, con- of sexual consent in this country is 16 years old. That doesn't mean that you cannot have sex if you're under 16. So two 14-year-old, a 14-year-old can have sex. A 14-year-old can have sex. A 15-year-old can have sex. Ask me if that's a great idea. I'll tell you, not really, um, because of the consequences and everything else. But uh, the, the but is, as long as the partner they're having sex with is less than five years older and is not in a position of trust, authority, or dependency. In other words, if you're 14 and your 17-year-old babysitter wants to have sex with you, that would be illegal because that person is in a a relationship of trust or dependency. So that's where the... the, Because the whole point about putting these uh, laws is uh, to to, um, prevent exploitation of children. So that's uh, where that is. So that's, that's the answer to that. Now, I need somebody who's really good at math for this next question, because I am not. I'm the worst at math. Uh, if you're good at math, figure this one out. How many children can a woman actually have throughout the entire course of her productive or reproductive life if she were to get pregnant every nine months? Go. <laughs> Just go. I want you to figure it out for me, okay? So what we're probably talking from a reproductive life really would start around 14, 15 years old. Not that that would be a good age to have children, but if we're talking about the ability to to conceive, so what from 15 to 
say 40, 45, how many kids would that make? One person says uh, 20. So I don't know, you figure it out for me, all right? Uh, hello, Dr. Lori. Lately, I find myself attracted to women who wear glasses with thick, dark frames, also with long, straight hair. I know there's nothing deviant about this, but I wonder if other guys have the same attraction. Hmm. I have long hair and thick frames. <laughs> okay, not thick. Um, it's a preference. You're talking about th- people who attract you, right? So if, uh, if if a woman says, I like bald guys who are six feet tall, uh who are muscular uh, or whatever. It, it's just, it is a preference regardless, right? So it's not a fetish. It's uh, it's simply uh, an attraction. And, and of course, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, there's nothing deviant about that. Uh, and you want to know if other people feel the same way? I'm sure there are plenty of men who will tell you uh, the same thing. But think about what it is. What does that represent to you? Like that kind of... A woman, does that represent, does that say something to you about the kind of woman she is? That particular look, you know, it's like the librarian look or the whatever, whatever else. Uh, Anybody do the math yet? Uh, Just Drew, who's our Google guy, uh, said the record number of children is, has been 27. But that also, there are people who have multiple births, multiple, multiple births, right? A couple of sets of twins in there, triplets, what have you. So I suppose the number can be uh, pretty high. Carlos says 41. That would be 40. doesn't mean that that question was not, is this has this happened it's more about what would right if she could and if she did get pregnant every nine months how many kids 41 i cannot imagine 41 pregnancy pregnancy someone else says 31 so your math i don't know about 40 children if you get pregnant from 14 to 45 so carlos and this one yeah so around the 40 uh the 40 mark Interesting. That's a, a, an interesting uh, question. Coming up, by the way, uh, at some point we're going to hear a song performed by Penny, who <laughs> sent it into John Paul for his Nightside Idol, of which I have been judging for the last 14 weeks, and some incredible, incredible talent. But this one seems to be more fitting for Passion. Did we, did, he didn't have time to play it, so I think we're going to play it on the program uh, that's coming up at some point. Right now, uh, 514-800 if you have any question. Okay, another record, 69 with twins and stuff. So one mom had 69 children. Holy. Uh, 30 years at 9 months equals 40. Okay. Uh, yes. All right. So we're, we're talking anywhere around the, the 40, but this 69 one, that's pretty uh, incredible. All right, here I got this text. Uh, We went to visit my wife's parents late this afternoon. Her dad will be painting the living room tomorrow, and I gave him a hand moving things into the center of the room and covering them. Removing books from the bookcase. This is his parents-in-law, right? I could not help noticing a particular book, the sex Bible for people over 50. I made a sign to my wife, and she took the book into the kitchen where her mom was. 
On the way back in the car, my wife told me her mom loves the book and it was highly recommended to her. For those who don't know, that's the book I wrote. Uh, I know her parents are having some issues a few years back, but it is all good now. My wife glanced through it herself and said from what she read, it can apply to anyone. Have you thought about writing another book about love, sex, and relationships that can touch on teen sex and love and chapters that any couple could find useful and a great read, maybe even a DVD? Uh, We were also wondering if you're planning another Baby Boomer panel. Last one was great. Yes, we are planning another Baby Boomer panel. In fact, thanks for reminding me. If anyone is interested on being on our Boomer uh, panel, please email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. Laurie at drlaurie.com, and we would love to try you out on our Boomer panel. As to writing another book, I have one in the works on male sexuality, actually, specifically. I just haven't uh, sat down. It is grueling to write a book, grueling, and I haven't had the energy to put into it just now, but it's on my to-do list. It's on my to-do list. My dildo, my dildo, comes with me wherever I go, anytime, day or night. Ooh, it gives me such delight. Oh, yeah, I love my big dildo. Any Time of day, if I'm feeling down, I take my dildo out, and it takes away my frown. (laughs) My dildo, my dildo, it is so reliable, long and lean, lots of fun, ooh, it is number one, oh yeah, I love my big dildo, just me, me and my big dildo. Oh my, that was Penny uh, who uh, wrote that song, performed that song, meant for John Paul's uh, Nightside Idol, but I got it instead. (laughs) Didn't have time to play it there, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, Very fitting for for our show. 514-800 if you want to text in, if you have questions or comments about anything that we're talking about tonight. Uh, would love to hear from you, of course. You know that. Uh, all right. Uh, cannabis users, beware. This is a, a new study published in the American Journal of Men's Health. Cannabis users have a rate of erectile dysfunction twice as high as non-users. They looked at over 30, close to 3,400 healthy men. Over a 1,000 were using cannabis, so they were smoking it, and there was uh, 2,300 non-users. The overall prevalence of ED in cannabis users was 69.1%, and the corresponding figure in the control group, the non-smokers, was 34.7%. So uh, the data suggests that ED is twice as high in cannabis users compared to control. Obviously, we need more research about this and we need to know in terms of uh of dosage but uh beware like the there's long-term effects of cannabis use and i know a lot of people report having like better sex on cannabis or better erections but it will catch up with you over time because it will do damage over time is my understanding of the whole thing so um just something you should all know All right, what do you think? Is it, and I want your opinion here, 
Is it realistic to expect people not to hook up during the pandemic? We don't know how long this is going to go on for. People are saying, you know, until a, till a vaccine comes along, it could be another a whole year, it could certainly be more months. Like, how realistic is it to not have sex at all or meet up with somebody at all if you're single? What's one thing, if you're lucky if you have a partner and you're living with a partner and you have a regular sex partner, but what happens if you don't? So all these cities are putting together these... Um, these one, you know, these one page kind of uh, f- fact sheets like COVID-19 sex fact sheet kind of thing. So the um, city of Toronto's public health department put one out there. And it's the same thing that most people are saying. The The guidelines for safer pandemic sex obviously discourages people from uh, hooking up. They um, are saying that, okay, if you're, if you aren't lucky enough to have a partner in your house to help you out with that, the guidelines suggest it's time to start consensual sexting, hanging out in chat rooms and having virtual sex. Okay. People have been doing that for what? Three, four months now. How long can they go on doing this? Like I'm sure people are getting really antsy about some real live, skin-to-skin contact. So is this really a realistic path right now? Uh, I I don't think it is. Um, So the guidelines say just don't have sex with anyone unless you, you live with them. But that's not very helpful, is it? Because there are still people, right now there's plenty of people that I've heard who are still hooking up with others, whether they or we or anybody thinks it's irresponsible or not. So what the guidelines don't do is give people any realistic, practical uh, tactics. It would be far more useful to have suggestions for harm reduction uh, strategies that are rooted in a more realistic idea of what sex actually looks like. For example, in the Netherlands... People were told just recently, and I reported on this last week or maybe the year before, the week before, to find a sex buddy and partner up. New York City's sex fact sheet recommends not having sex with people outside of their residence, but if you do, um, you should have sex with as few people as possible since having close contact, including sex, with only a small circle of consenting people helps prevent spreading covid 19. So people are definitely uh, having sex. People are still meeting up uh, on Tinder and Grindr and every, everywhere else. So um, rather than thinking of things as being either inherently safe or unsafe, what is the space? What, what about thinking about what the space is in between? Obviously, there's a higher risk when you meet someone versus when you don't. But acknowledging and using a harm reduction framework is will go further to reducing uh, the risks. And of course, it's all about communication. People have to open up a dialogue. And yes, you will have to talk about the number of partners they have had, other risk factors like how often are you out? Do you, do you go to work? How much exposure uh, are you pot- like? Are you potentially exposed to uh, COVID-19 to, to people who may be symptomatic? Like you want to find out. So it, it's a little bit like the safe sex talk 
when um, the AIDS crisis was around where you would ask people about their sexual history and you would want to, there was always a risk, which is why we never call it safe sex. We always call it safer sex because nothing is 100% safe unless it's complete abstinence. And in this case, same thing. You won't catch anything if you stay completely alone and, and don't have sexual contact with anybody. But what about assessing the risk? So obviously being able to have these conversations is uh, really important. And I think we also need to, there's a lot of people who are stigmatizing and policing other people. And when we do that, we just, we throw people in the closet. It's like they won't, you know, they hide it. It's just, they're just going to hide uh, the truth. And that happened, uh, that mistake happened when we were dealing with HIV AIDS again. So, um, we have to, uh, work on that. And it's interesting. This article talks, says that the, uh, authorities in the United Kingdom, and I didn't know this, and maybe somebody can fact check this for me while we're uh, here. The United Kingdom has criminalized the act of sex with anyone outside of your household. Like, if that's the case, that is disturbing. So, Google guy, I'm putting this one on you. Please fact check this one for me. Has the UK criminalized the act of sex with anyone outside of your household? If that's the case, we know that's pretty disturbing. Um, Texter writes, we need contact. We are social beings. Anything else is unhealthy behavior mentally. As humans, you're right. We need contact, which is why we have to do that risk assessment. And each one of us has to do it, um, for ourselves. So let's stop judging others because everybody has their own circumstances. And that's what we, um, that's what we need to do. Somebody told me vitamin C can help relieve your allergies and give your immune system a boost. Thank you. I will uh, try that. Absolutely. Uh, meet up at a park. Go for a quick doggy style and go back home. <laughs> yeah, other other guidelines are actually giving, um, you know, different things like that, like how to avoid uh, a contact, having sex with masks, things like that. That's certainly uh, a possibility. Uh, someone says, I haven't had sex with my girlfriend for over three months, but you know, the two of you should sit down and have this conversation and assess your risks together, uh, for sure. So, um, or this one says, don't get me wrong. I love sex, but it's not the most important thing to me, especially now. And you're not the only one who feels this way. There are, uh, at least 60% of us during this pandemic who are really uh, have lost uh, interest in sex because of all, everything else that's happening, right? There's all kinds of uh, other issues affecting us and sex may not be the thing on our minds. So um, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, the Passion Poet weighs in, count every single pebble on all the beaches of the earth. It is nowhere near the amount of the stars in the universe. In the infinity of the cosmos, all the worlds beyond view, the most beautiful thing of all, there is only one you. You are unique and special. You have love you can share, capable of beautiful dreams, but some horrible nightmares. Be kind to yourself and others. Life passes too fast. We are all part of this production. We are all, we are all part of the cast. That's beautiful. A little philosophical. You're right. Uh, 
Uh, wear a mask if you really want to be with a partner. Hopefully it's safe. Uh, so our Google guy or somebody Googled this for me. It is illegal in the UK to have sex with a partner living apart. Wow. Do you want your uh, our government telling us that it is illegal to have sex if we're single? Basically, you're single. You don't have a partner to have sex with, like in your own household. Too bad. You're crap out of luck right there. And for how long is this law going to be in place? Like the, To me, that it's a law? Who's going to police that, too? That's, uh, that's pretty intense. Coming up, we'll talk about Quebec abolishing time limits on sexual assault suits. Imagine lawsuits. So imagine that. You may have been abused uh, 30, 40 years ago, and there is no time limit on uh, whether you can take this to court or not. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. On getting back to uh, sex during this time and having sex if you are single, uh, this texter writes, what about guidelines for sex with a sex worker during the pandemic? Life has to go on, Dr. Lori, and sex intimacy is part of life. If you're single, the odds are... You might visit a sex worker for release, but guidelines are needed on how to not spread COVID because we all know sex is happening all kinds tonight. So first of all, you're going to have to find a sex worker who is doing sex work because uh, from a lot of people that I've been uh, following and reading, they have taken their sex work online and not in, in real life. But let's just look at this. So it... The most important thing is um, inhaling the particles, right? So if the sex worker is wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask and you find a position where, uh, A, you're not kissing because kissing is a definite no-no that is uh, will transmit uh, uh, the virus, maybe find a position where there's no heavy breathing uh, on each other, there so those are the only like precautions that i can think of realistically that uh, that we could take and of course condoms because you don't want to get an std and then not be able to find treatment for it or go get tested or or what have you so all of that matters of course uh, so those are the precautions to be taken for sex with anybody if you want to do that um that's that's as safe as you can be. Does that mean it's a guarantee that you won't get anything? No, of course not. But uh, there you have it. They did without sex during the wars, so masturbation will have to do for now. Yet, I, I should add this, that nobody has ever died from lack of sex. Like, I should, you know, that is a, that that is true. Um I think it makes sex more exciting, just like when I was a teenager climbing through my girlfriend's window. Sure, it gets kind of people right back to basics in, in, in different ways. Uh, someone suggesting a glory hole or a hole in a curtain. Well, interestingly, I'm going to talk about that a little later because New York City put out guidelines and they actually um, suggested 
uh, a glory hole, exactly that. So, and for people who don't know what a glory hole is, it's a, basically a, a hole in a wall, and you stick your penis through that, and somebody on the other side is uh, is uh, filleting you, basically, or masturbating you, or, or what have you. Uh, masturbation will ke- keep you COVID-19 free. That is uh, quite true, and all the guidelines are are recommending self-pleasuring if it's not going to be cyber sex with somebody then it's self-pleasuring is definitely at the top and they are it's amazing how much we're hearing um governments talking about masturbation now it's like you, that would have never happened so uh, it's certainly opening up the uh, the conversation and just um to confirm it's true sex with someone you don't live with is illegal in England it is illegal to have sex with someone you do not live with uh let's talk about this uh this was in the Montreal Gazette uh, an article by Jesse Faith the Quebec government tabled legislation Thursday that will abolish time limits for lawsuits in cases of sexual assault, a change victims and advocates have sought for years. Tabled by Quebec Justice Minister Sonia Lebel, the bill was applauded by all parties at the National Assembly and is expected to be quickly passed into law. The bill aims to amend Quebec Civil Code in order to abolish prescription periods or time limits in civil suits related to sexual assault, violence against children, and conjugal violence. The change would allow victims to sue for damages in civil court no matter how much time has passed. At the moment, the time limit is 30 years. They're extending that too. Uh, A child abuse survivor and longtime advocate for victims says it's a huge step forward and something that has been long overdue. Victims will finally have a level playing field in court. There is no statute of limitations in Quebec when it comes to sexual assault cases in criminal court. So that's, we're talking civil court versus criminal court. Now they'll be more or less, they'll be the same. Um, But Quebec and PI are the only Canadian provinces that still have time limits for civil actions in matters of sexual assault. Before 2013, the limit was three years in Quebec. It was then increased to 30 years. Advocates have been pushing for the Quebec government to abolish the time limit altogether for years, calling it an unjust and archaic system that often serves as a deterrent to accessing justice. And they, the article goes on to say, though the 30-year time period may seem long, studies have shown it can take decades for victims of sexual abuse to come forward and confront their abusers in the legal system. The time limits have been invoked by the defense in several uh, sexual abuse cases class action lawsuits against religious orders in Quebec. The victims in the cases are often older men finally coming forward about what happened to them as children decades later. Montreal lawyer Robert Kugler, who is representing hundreds of victims in class actions against different religious orders, called Thursday's bill extremely important and extremely Welcomed, He says this new law will remove the primary ground of defense that religious orders and other organizations constantly invoke. The legislator is clearly indicating that it understands just how difficult it is for victims to come forward to seek justice for these terrible 
Act. So no more time limits. And anybody, in case this is you, anyone who had their case dismissed due to time limits of three years, starting from the moment the bill is passed, they can go back before the courts if they wish to. So this is very good news. And I can tell you categorically, as a therapist who has been working in this field for 30 years and who has specialized in working with victims of, uh, of sexual abuse and early uh, childhood sexual trauma, that sometimes it, it is decades later that somebody makes the connection between the problems they're having and the trauma that happened to them as a child. I'll never forget the, my, uh, a client of mine who's the oldest one at the time who had declared uh, a sexual abuse. She was 65 years old and had some sexual problems. And then in doing her history, she started telling me about this uh, sexual abuse that she had had uh, as a child with a relative, but had never made the connection between her issues and her aversion to sex and all of that with that time. She thought, well, I'd forgotten about it. I'd but put it out of my mind. I didn't think I'd carried it with me. I didn't think that was it. Never made the connection. But when we started to look at this, it clearly, it was a trauma she had never dealt with. And it clearly had an impact even 55 years later, more than that, 60 years later. So, uh, in this case, um, she would have felt empowered knowing that, hey, I can, uh, I can go back. I can, I can do something about this, right? Uh, and nice that it's proposed to be retroactive too. Yes, uh, it is good. Uh, there never should be ever time limits for things like that. Absolutely. Uh, if the statute of limitation is now 30 years, why not extend it indefinitely? I think it's worthwhile. Well, that is exactly what they're proposing, that it will now be extended indefinitely. So even before it was three years, extended to 30, and now indefinitely. There is no just zero uh, time limit. Another text wrote, all I can say is the Bill Cosby story killed me. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was so disappointing and devastating to hear that, uh, just for the victim's sake. I was just, ugh, right? Somebody who was an icon who we all lo- grew to love, and then we discover this. But hey, a lot of things happen behind closed doors. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Anything goes tonight, as every Friday night. Uh, Here's an interesting uh, comment. Does this unlimited timeline apply to removing a condom without permission? Women on the receiving end of doggy style need to be made aware of this sneaky sort of assault and beware of who they turn their back on. It can scar a person in many ways. Yeah, and get them pregnant and get them infected. So, and they call this stealthing, and I believe this is, a, yes, a criminal offense. So, um, re- removing a condom without a person's knowledge or consent is considered a sexual assault, as far as I know. Uh, I remember uh, reading about that. So, 
uh, yes, it's yet another thing we uh, kind of need to worry about, huh? All right, let's talk about um, the uh, New York's health, New York City's health department. I think uh, they <laughs> they pretty much went a little further than most other cities in terms of their recommendations and guidelines. They actually say the words make it a little kinky. Be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls that allow sexual contact while preventing close face-to-face contact. Essentially, essentially uh, um, suggesting glory holes, which I thought was very interesting uh, to see a line like that on a government document. (laughs) Uh, Of course, then they make other suggestions like, hey, wear a face covering or mask. Maybe it's your thing. Maybe it's not. But during COVID-19, wearing a face covering that covers your nose and mouth is a good way to add a layer of protection during sex. Heavy breathing and panting can spread the virus further. And if you or your partner of COVID-19 and don't know it, a mask can help stop that spread. And then um, they talk about uh, for those who enjoy hooking up with people they meet online, they suggest keeping things uh, virtual. Um, They talk about Zoom parties, chat rooms, different options. And then they say, if you enjoy having sex with multiple people at once, they remind you that large gatherings of any type are not safe during COVID-19. But if you decide to find a crowd, this is what they say, limit the size of your guest list. Keep it intimate, it suggests, while urging people to pick larger, more open and well-ventilated spaces for any group sex. It also suggests participants bring an alcohol-based hand sanitizer to the orgy. <laughs> They're really going far with that, right? That's, uh, Of course, they talk about masturbation and, and they talk about rimming. They say you have to stop rimming for the time being because the virus has been found in the semen and feces of people with COVID-19. Uh, so... Um, And they also say we do not know if COVID-19 can be spread through vaginal or anal sex. We know that other coronaviruses do not easily spread through sex. This means sex is not likely a common way that COVID-19 spreads. But the kissing part of it and the breathing on each other part of it, yes, it... uh, that that we know simply from from the spread of, of COVID, right? Rather than just uh, through it uh, sexually. Can't a woman tell the difference between condom and, and no condom? Uh, not always, no. It, um, I don't know, has this, has this ever happened to anybody else? I mean, it's, it's possible. The answer is no. When you are in, uh, in full pleasure mode and focus on your bodily sensations and pleasure and things like that, maybe uh, you don't notice. Listen, it happens enough times this stealthing that it it has a word now to describe it and there have been cases of uh, criminal cases because of this so uh, I mean it could be that they they clearly maybe sense the difference and this is how they know they've been stealthed in a way right um 
If heavy breathing spreads, COVID-19, a 69 position might be safe. Yeah, you could be right. That could be uh, better. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else says, and don't forget to set up the cameras before you invite everyone. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so you know which business is doing great online when it comes to sex? You betcha. It is the sellers of sex toys sex toys have been doing amazing during the pandemic online stores the problem is a lot of sex shops are storefronts and why are storefronts better uh, in a way because you're getting more you're getting forget that that what you're buying but a lot of these sex to these sex shops are um have a People who work there who are extremely knowledgeable. In fact, yeah, the big sex shop on um, on uh, Cremazy, I think it is the the boutique seduction. It's huge, it's massive. I know that they hire uh, sex educators, like people who have graduated from the uh, sex education program at UCAM, for example. Many of their workers are are educators, so you're getting uh, that one-on-one, the questions, the figuring out what it is you need. Whereas when you're buying online, you got to know what you, you have to know what you're looking for in a way, right? So, um, so unfortunately, these storefronts are are actually uh, suffering. But um, one company, Adam and Eve, for example, uh, their online store reported a 30% increase in online. Uh, Sales. Another uh, big company uh, that just does pretty much online, the Wow Tech Group, which owns WeVibe, which we've talked about here and given away here on on, on the show, um, 200% higher sales uh, this uh, this April compared to last year. So, what are we chalking this up to? Obviously, uh, you know, maybe quarantine uh, boredom. People are trying kind of new things. Uh, you just can't go to retailers uh, for this, the brick and, and mortar stores, right? The sex shops. So um, the, those businesses that rely on people coming into their places are actually suffering compared to uh, what's going on elsewhere. So, uh, And we were talking earlier about uh, sex workers. So I was reading an interesting article with the headline, Lockdown Sex Workers Are Flocking to Animal Crossing and Second Life, as well as Minecraft and Borderlands. So many of you may not know, I didn't know until I read a bit more about this, but these are gaming, these are games that are played um, online. But it, this article was talking about how these uh, professional dominatrix who are not seeing their clients in real life are uh, are now doing things using their avatars where they get uh, people to pay a fee to for them to play with them on say Animal Crossing or um, Second Life. Second Life is where you create basically a second life, but there's a whole bunch of sexuality things involved in that. So I thought that's um, that's a very interesting and innovative way to. Um, to make some money because they have had to really like get creative uh, in order to just uh, get some kind of livelihood, right? It's been tough for sex workers for sure. 
Um, <laughs> Texter writes in, if you have difficulty getting turned on sexually during the pandemic, Dr. Lori's book is great. <laughs> Foreplay, all joking aside. That's very sweet of you. Uh, it does have pictures, pretty uh, erotic pictures in it as well. The Sex Bible for People Over 50, if anybody's interested. Available on Amazon. Thank you for the plug, my friend. Um, I heard bad things about Roblox. I'm still helping my son's mind. I'm still hoping my son's Minecraft is clean. Yeah, if your son's playing Minecraft, go check the uh, because apparently there's dark rooms there with lots of sex happening. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, No, a woman usually can't tell if a condom was removed until after turning around to remove it, only to find it's already gone. Nerve endings in this interior area are not the same as surface skin in women. Good point. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Sex toys are like shoes. You have to see them. Do you know if it looks like it will fit? Uh, Well, not so much like shoes, but you'd want to get a little bit of information and look at the quality and and things like that. Uh, I faked coming, but I've never faked condom. Yes, some guys do fake the... uh, the um, also orgasm and they do that when they're wearing a condom usually and pretend that they've come into the condom and take it off anyhow thank you so much all of you for spending uh, time with me and for hanging out with me all week Uh, I want to thank our technical producer, Nicole Proano, as well as our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito. You can get in touch with me through my website, drlori.com, where you will find all kinds of information, including my TEDx talks, uh, info about my book, and all of the past uh, broadcasts of passion. If you go onto the Passion Radio tab, You can catch up on on some of our podcast shows there. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.